morning, Kansas City. Five o'clock, Friday, 610 Sports Radio. I'm yelling at you because this is the biggest Red Friday of the year. Of last year, if you want to be politically correct when it comes to years. 2020, 2021. Not getting bigger than this. Because next year when they're in the Super Bowl, it'll be the biggest Red Friday of 2022. That's just how things work. This is the Run It Back show with myself, Dusty Likens, and my new acquired best friend, Pete Sweeney. Pete, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Dusty. It's a good day to be a Kansas City and great day to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs as we get ready for Super Bowl 55, the final Run It Back playoff show leading into Super Bowl 55. We're very, very excited about the game coming up on Sunday, 5.30 p.m., taking you this morning till 6 a.m. Fesco in the morning, really wrapping up the week that was Chiefs media. We'll talk about some prop bets, right? We'll make our predictions. We'll remember that final faithful call that we got last year. It's a great morning, Dusty. I'm excited. There's not a better feeling in the world other than winning the lottery than waking up and knowing essentially how your weekend is going to be planned when your weekend is going to be planned for nothing but fun, entertaining, just football at the highest level. And that's what today is. Like today, you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about those TPS reports your boss wants you to come in and do tomorrow on a Saturday because you just all you care about nice. is getting to Sunday. That's all that matters. That's why... That's why it's even like a step above when your team's not in the Super Bowl and you're you're more so thinking like, okay, Saturday, I got to go to the store. I got to get stuff to make this dip. Got to figure out what Frank's going to make for his food. And then we're going to be at his house by three. I'm going to pick my spot on the wraparound couch so that nobody takes my spot for the game. You take all of that and you sprinkle on your team being in the Super Bowl, like here in Kansas City for all these people that are out there. And it just makes it, that much more. It overmodulates what you want to talk about when it comes to what Sunday is, and that is Chiefs versus Tampa in Tampa for the Super Bowl. I mean, you can look at everybody that's there. They're already doing reports on the news. They're awake in Tampa Bay. Right. Now, granted, it's what, 6 o'clock there right now? Yeah, it's an extra hour. So, I mean, that's fine. That's a little, little bit extra juice, but it's still pitch black <laughs> there, and they're doing live reports from the Super Bowl stage. Like, I'm listening to the weekend to get prepared for the weekend. Like, that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I, I think you nailed it with the Friday mentality and the Saturday mentality. You want to be absolutely ready where you don't really have to do a ton on Sunday. So you're getting all your goods. You're getting all your beer or whatever it is you're drinking on Saturday. Getting make sure that's tucked away. You got your text message with your friends, making sure that everyone has the proper food and you're good to go. And Do you still I, have some lattes left? Yeah, lattes is is so key for energy. I mean, that, I feel like you didn't drink one last week. That's a, that's a major key is uh, making sure that you're you're latteed up. You have to be. But I think even just today, like when you're talking to your coworkers, be it whether you're in person right now or you're still in a Slack messenger or whatnot, there really isn't a lot of conversation other than what's happening this weekend with Tom right. Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, and you know what's awesome about it. I think in Kansas City too is this isn't just a conversation that's happening happening in the city. Everyone in the country and, you know, as the NFL grows internationally and whatnot, they're talking about your team today. Who's going to win this game? They're talking about prop bets. They're talking about their weekend. I mean, this 
this is it. And I think it's centered in, in Kansas City, and you have the team. They're finishing up practice here with the odd year. You know, normally they would be in Tampa. And reports are that they'll be flying to Tampa on, on Saturday. And who knows, Who late, late Monday, maybe they arrive back in Kansas City with the Lombardi Trophy for the second season in a row. I think the other thing that's kind of great about the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl, at least from a spoiled, maybe, you know, demographic sense, is that this gives us, as a city, being either part of a radio station or just being just a a true fan, it kind of gives you a three-day sense of everything that's gone on in this world that's been crazy and hectic and wild. Right. You get three days to kind of put that in the backseat and think to yourself, I'm going to get ready for this Super Bowl. Like, no matter where you're at, like, the temperatures are going to be below average on Sunday. Like, it's going to dip down to, like, the teens. Nobody worries about that. I mean, COVID-19. I know you're going to have so much juice that, I mean, you you could walk around outside with the, your shirt off. I I'm not a shirtless guy, nor am I a shorts guy you when would, it's cold. Right. But, I mean, I would get there. You would. Like, if they said you could do four hours of radio for the next ten years, all you got to do is go do the polar plunge in the nude. Um, you know, I, could, I mean, I am hanging yeah, brain outside I, the pond and jumping. In. I've seen you on a weekend now that we've been doing this show together and you are a high life guy. A couple high lives. Mm, maybe the it. shirt comes off a couple by six and you're in there. That's just where I'm at. But the thing about this and, and then we can dive into this show as we get the emotions of what a red Friday is. And thank you for everyone that's that's come along for this ride on the run it back show. Uh, we do it for you uh, and us. But. I think when you wrap all this up and you get to that point of like how crazy time has been and how crazy everything's been and the fact that we're actually going to watch a Super Bowl, the fact that the entire year guys like us have told you the Chiefs should probably be in this game and they actually are playing a Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs are actually playing in the Super Bowl, it gives you that sense of sensibility that like even though everything is going on that's crazy – I get to sit back on Sunday with a few of my friends and family members and watch the Chiefs try to run it back one more time. And I'm going to tell you this real quick, Kansas City. You're going to be doing this again next year. What's crazy is Pat, he's been on a roll. Like, um, I haven't um, what's crazy is I haven't seen Pat, you know, throw dots like this at practice. Like, he's been throwing crazy dots. Like, like he throw dots. But the dots he been throwing in practice lately has been crazy. I ain't even gonna cry. I ain't even gonna count. You know, so I mean, I'm pretty fired up. You know, so we gotta wait and see, man. I just gotta roll my hands together. I'm excited about that. That the voice of Tyree Kill at the Chiefs' final media availability of the week on Thursday, saying essentially that Patrick Mahomes looks even more accurate than usual. Everyone knows how good Patrick Mahomes is. There hasn't been a ton of media at practice, only one pool reporter, so you really haven't been able to see. But it really does sound like that Mahomes is, as you would say, in the zone, ready for this game. And he's going to need to be accurate because I think the Buccaneers are going to be trying to take away Hill. They're not going to want to have Hill ruin the game like he did in the first quarter uh, last game. And so you're going to have to be even more accurate, I think, with some of these defenders. And, And he seems ready to go, throwing dots all over the field, Dusty. That's the kind of audio that you want to hear. That's what you want to hear when it comes to your team taking the taking the media poll and giving everybody what's going on in practice. Not this, I don't even know who that guy is. I've never heard of him before. I think we're faster than this guy. Hearing Tyreek Hill say that, 
is kind of taken to me by two different points. One, it shows you like the focus that Mahomes has um, as a 25-year-old getting all of this like publicity, all of this, oh, he's the next greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, until he retires, kind of keeps that reign. And then you get like the support from your teammates. Like instead of saying, oh, our quarterback's arm is better or our receiver is faster right. or I don't know who this receiver is named Scotty Miller, they're like, hey, I'm just going to let you guys know that this guy out here that y'all think is one of the best quarterbacks in the game that you've ever seen, yeah, he's on. And we <laughs> haven't even started playing the game yet to where like the, the Bucks players can be like throwing dots. Like what does that mean? Oh, and then Sunday when he comes out, bang to 10, bang to 87, bang 17, and all of a sudden you're looking at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, that's what they mean by he's throwing dots. We're down 14 to nothing, and we've only played seven minutes of the Super Bowl. A hot start would certainly make everybody feel better. And I look at it this way, too. NFL players, even on the great teams, NFL players are prideful guys. They, this team, all they do is compliment each other. Yep. No one is too proud. No one wants to even really necessarily talk about stats. Like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill could be prideful with the statistics they were able to rack up this year. Kelsey finishing second in the league in receiving. Hill second in the league in receiving touchdowns. To do it on the same team with one football is even more amazing. And and they're just juiced up to be back as a team in the Super Bowl. Someone who's also really excited to be back in the Super Bowl and wasn't sure if they would be back in the Super Bowl last year is Chris Jones. You're probably the first person I told this. Um, during the game, they had Frank Clark mic'd up. And I don't, the Chiefs never put this out, but I looked at Frank around third quarter. I'm like, man, this might be our last time playing together. Because I didn't know, you know, I know Pat had to get his deal done. And, you know, that was going to take a lot of the salary, salary cap. And I don't know, if, I didn't know if the Chiefs were going to be able to bring me back. But I'm very fortunate, you know, to still be a part of this team, still be still be with a coach like and coach Andy Reid and Spags. You know, I'm very fortunate. And I was I was ready to come back. You know, I didn't want to leave Kansas City. This is the team that believed in me since day one. Them, Ryan Nutt, Brett Beach, the Hunt family, Mr. Donovan, you know, they all took a chance on the kid. You know, um, John Dorsey was the GM at that time. And um you know, um, I'm just appreciative that those guys took a chance on the kid from Houston and went to Mississippi State, and I wanted to stay with this team. It's crazy to think about how things played out in the offseason because this time last year, we really weren't sure what the Chiefs even felt about Chris Jones. We weren't sure if they even wanted to retain him. We knew that they had plenty of contracts to work out. We were just trying to wrap our head around how they can afford to pay him $85 million over four years, which is what they did, which is what he was commanding because of the defensive tackle and the skill that he has. And they were able to get it done. And you hear Jones right there. And I, there are probably a few Chiefs that are out there. And, you know, Sammy Watkins comes to mind. Uh, as long as he plays in this game, we'll see. He's still limited. But, the, you, you know, you could be entering your final game with, with the Chiefs. And to have Jones back, and you could tell he doesn't really take anything for granted. And I'm sure he's going to be probably the life of this defense along with Tyron Matthew on Sunday. There's interesting points when it comes to hearing Chris Jones say this. And normally Chris Jones is kind of the guy that, that brings highlights and lots of fun to press conferences. Like adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. A little rah, rah. This is kind of a serious thing to think about because when I think about it, it's like, okay, two different things. One, Chris Jones is concerned about his future in the middle of like the biggest game of his life which is kind of cool 
because he wants to obviously stay here. He, he wants to build stay, a legacy, yeah. and he wants to stay in Kansas City with all of his friends. Doesn't want to leave, but doesn't honestly know if they're going to be back next year. Then you hear him talk about it now, and he's like, I don't know if I've told anybody this. Okay, buckle up, seatbelts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you tell yourself, what's he about to say? Oh, in the middle of this game, he went up to Frank Clark, of all people, who's the other rah-rah guy, and it was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, this might be the last time we play together. And then you kind of think about when you go back and watch that game, how it developed towards the end. Chris Jones had three deflected passes to finish the Super Bowl. Frank Clark had one of the biggest sacks in the game when Jimmy Garofalo just pretty much throws the chunk up pass with two hands and gave it up. And you're like, okay. So these guys had this conversation, and then the very next thing they did was lead this defense to domination on the front line, hold up the Lombardi trophy, and then next thing you know, they're both on this team together this year. They're both in the same situation. Oh, by the way, they're playing for a Super Bowl this year, and they don't have to have that conversation this year. Right. That's where that whole conversation, that do, point comes up. Yeah, all they got to do is think, think about winning the football game. I know, Dusty, we're going to be talking about some prop bets in the next segment, but want to give you a quick injury update that we got on Thursday. Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins are still limited. Bell dealing with that knee issue. Watkins with the calf. On the Bucks side, Antonio Brown, who didn't play in last game because he dealt with the knee injury out of the division round. He put in his first full participation of practice. That usually is a good sign for a player playing in the game. Looks like Brown is trending toward playing in this football game with Tom Brady. And then Cameron Brate, tight end. I know everyone talks about Rob Gronkowski, but Brate popped up on the injury report on Thursday with a back issue. And Brate for the Buccaneers is more of this third down go-to tight end. So that is sneaky and something to watch. Brate not playing would hurt the Bucs. I mean, it wouldn't be like one of these receivers missing the game, but that would affect them at least a little bit. And that's your injury report heading into Super Bowl 55. Yesterday in practice, Mahomes was throwing dots. Coming up after this break, Pete hmm. Sweeney throws props here on the oh, Run It Back Show on that. 610 Sports Radio. Yes. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. That's right. Hmm. You can't get to the Super Bowl without winning the AFC Championship is Ooh. what somebody wise once told me. That's a good point. I think that was Jay Binkley. Hmm. He goes, hey, Dustman, I'm going to let you know, you can't, can't play the Super Bowl if you don't, you don't win the AFC championship. <laughs> I said, all right. Uh, this is sure. the Running Back Show, 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> guy, is a good, guy makes a good point. Very good point. You can hear Jay Binkley um, tomorrow, actually, from 10 to 2, as uh, Jay Binkley will be on the air getting you ready for the Super Bowl. And then uh, Pete, yeah, they give me the keys to the car on Sunday again. Wow. Yeah, ten to did you ten earn, to one. Did you earn own, earn that? Did you? I don't know. Like six years in the works. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not a humble brag. That's just a humble fact. Um, a humble fact. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, no. Jay Binkley. Lots of good points about football, as you can hear him every night, six to nine p.m. Bink at night. Mm. Um, Pete, that was the final call against Buffalo with uh, with Mitch Holtis giving everyone the realization that once again, the chiefs are playing in the super bowl. When you talk about the super bowl, you have to talk about individual accolades, odds, MVPs, but there's so much more to the game that can make it fun. Like the squares game. But where we like to do this is with prop bets. And 
I think you found a bunch of them that are kind of interesting. Yeah, our our friends, we have a connection with Arrowhead Pride with sports betting dime, and so they got a great cheat sheet up, and we picked a few here, and, and Dusty, we're going to actually start with you for the national anthem. The over-under listed is 119.5 seconds. That is two minutes. I mean, wait, let's see, you're 60 plus 60. Yeah, carry the two. Yep, two minutes. Over or under? Who's singing, first of all? Well, I want to give the people a little bit of a, of a background here of, of how you can slam dunk this on the way home. Okay. This is a obvious over to hit oh, when it comes to obvious, obvious, man. It's, it's, it's too clear cut. Okay. The national anthem at 119.5 seconds. Once again, is not quite two minutes because two minutes would be two would be 120. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. 60 and 60. Right. Um, so two minutes. That's how long the national anthem has to go for you to cash in on this bet. Here's why it's a slam dunk. Okay. One, it's Eric Church. Two, he's a country singer. Three, <laughs> he uses a guitar in almost every single performance he's ever done. Four, he's never done the national anthem on a stage like this. Five, it's a duo. So there's two people singing. Does that mean they each get a verse? Right. Does that mean they each get a couple lines? If so, you know country music stars like to bring it home when it comes to the national anthem. So Pete, get a little rasp going. That's right. And Eric Church is the man. Like Eric Church is probably to me, he has a song called Springsteen, which obviously I'm biased towards Bruce mm. Springsteen, but it is an absolute banger. So people listening to the Run It Back show, whether you're listening to us live at 5:23 in the morning right now, driving to work, that you don't care about because all you care about is Sunday. Take the over on the national anthem because there it is it's a duo and it's a country singer with a guitar minute and 20 seconds slam the over on the national anthem you know what good for you thank you i did my homework when it comes to gambling you gotta like that confidence dusty i'm just letting you know and we move on to the next prop bet yeah you're taking this one will any scoring drive take less time than the national anthem so anytime a scoring drive goes less than two minutes yes or no. Well, let me just pull up this Chiefs roster here for a second. Tyreek Hill. Okay. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. McCole Hardman. Not quite Scotty Miller. No, not, not not Miller, but he does have some speed to his game. Same thing with Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. Even Byron Pringle can scoot. We saw him with that kick return touchdown against the Denver Broncos. Hmm. Travis Kelsey. He's pretty good. Watched Patrick Mahomes run for a touchdown last year against the Tennessee Titans. Clyde Edwards Lair is at full strength. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go definitely, absolutely. Look if, at you. If we are going with an over on the national anthem, and that is two minutes, you can bet your ass that there is going to be a faster touchdown than two minutes like with the Kansas City Chiefs at some point in this game. Yes, absolutely yes. I think these are slam dunk two props so far, Dusty. I think both of these are, are good to go. Look at us just absolutely bringing it home. <laughs> when it comes to the first two bets. I mean, I thought that I was crazy just gambling. Yeah. These are easy. This is not gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. And that is what the running back playoff show is providing you right now. Let's turn it back over to you. Which quarterback will be shown first during the national anthem? I mean, this is just another one where it's got to be Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. they, they've got to have... It just could be the last chance you could show him during the national anthem. Right. Right. And it's just, I mean, I get it. Like Mahomes is the beautiful young news. Just wasn't able to get a haircut though. What, you know what I mean? You got to factor that in. That's a little later, 
That, okay. you, you do the haircut topic sure. after the drive that he scores a touchdown, he takes his helmet off, and the hair looks a mess. Oh, my goodness. That's when you do the haircut, or you bring it up in pregame so it doesn't count. But Tom Brady, with his hand on his heart, mm. with his stupid eye black at night, and a Tampa <laughs> Bay jersey, that's the first shot. Right. That's where you look at the quarterback first is Tom Brady. Then you can take off with Mahomes because you're going to see a lot of Mahomes middle of the game, after the game. The first quarterback shown during the national anthem will be Tom Brady because it's the last time you'll see Tom Brady during an athlete national anthem in the Super Bowl. I like that pick. I think this is our first one out of the three that we've done so far that a little questionable. I could see them cutting to Mahomes. I'd love to to get into the mind of that CBS director. All right, here's one, Dustin. You got me you got me up here. This is the weekend. He will be doing the halftime show. His first song. It's either Blinding Lights, Save Your Tears, Pray for Me, Can't Feel My Face, or Other. Now, you know, if you're not a weekend fan, if you're a weekend fan, this is the song I think we we should be going with. Pray for me. I think it's pray for me, and and here's why. And a friend, you don't even know the name of the damn song. A a a, a friend sent me this note here, and look, this is an inside scoop on the running back playoff show. Looking at the weekend's old set list, if he includes pray for me, it has always been the first song he sings. That's a full concert. Could be a stadium full of thousands of people, mm, or it could homework. be a small gig. In one of these like acoustic settings, you're in a coffee shop, you know, you know got some big spenders. If it's the weekend, it's this major star, mm. and you got like 20 or 30 people that are rich. It's always pray for me. So why would he ever go away from that? You got to play what got you there. And I think the weekend goes with pray for me. I have no idea other than the I can't feel my face when I'm with you song mm-hmm. that the weekend does. Right. I mean, I, I, well, that's why I'm here as your guiding light. Like I, that's what I need. I am Leonardo DiCaprio, and you are Kate Winslet. And I'm saying, Dusty, I just want you to fly. And you know when you say that? Right. That makes me want to slide over on the door in freezing cold water and let you sit on it, too, so you don't die. Thank you. And thank you for that. Don't ever compare There's me plenty, to Kate Winslet. There's plenty of room on that damn you in the throat. boat piece or whatever it was. All right. It was a door is we're going, what it was. We're going back to you. Let's keep it with the weekend, though. Will he, will he be wearing sunglasses when he's first seen? Negative. No. It's a no because The Weeknd has a gimmick right now where he is trying to push abuse towards a certain culture, um, and he wears a wrapped face that has like blood spots on it where it's like showing that there is uh, unfair treatment towards African-Americans. It's a very good point that he makes, but he is using that and a platform to use that. I don't know if sunglasses work. Um, I know the last performance he did, he wore the red jacket, black shirt, and then the the wrapped face. So that's where I would put my odds. I think the sunglasses come on after that. Again, these are serious topics. This is what's going on in the Super Bowl. This can make you some money around your friends. If you listen to us and you're like, you know what, let's throw five bucks on a couple prop bets. I don't think the weekend's going to wear sunglasses. Why? Because Dusty Likens of 610 Sports Radio, also known as the Dirty Werewolf, which also Patrick Mahomes likes to be considered a wolf. So you know that I'm trustworthy. You know that you can like me. That's right. The weekend does not wear sunglasses when he's first seen. The weekend might not be wearing sunglasses, but maybe you should because the future's looking bright after you make the money on all these props. The weekend's play, not future. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, let's go to our final prop of this segment, Mm. and that is which Gatorade color will be dumped on the winning coach. And we all know that the Chiefs are going to win this game, right? So they poured orange Gatorade on Andy Reid last year. Yeah. What do you know about sports in any sport? 
Usually it's more baseball, but football, there's an extension to this. It, everyone is superstitious. You got to go with the same thing that got you there. Right. Right. There's no way they're going with anything but orange Gatorade in this game. We know the Chiefs are going to win. We know they're going to want to pour Gatorade on poor Andy Reid's back once again. So give me the orange Gatorade for the second year in a row. Easy. So let, let's go through these again. Over on the national anthem. Yes. That's, that's from the dust man. Will any scoring drive take less time than the anthem? Yeah. Do the Chiefs have Tyree killed? They do. Which quarterback will be shown first during the national anthem? Tom Brady, the weekend's first song, based upon a lot of background research. Yes. Pray for me. Five will seconds. the weekend be wearing sunglasses? Absolutely not. You should. And which Gatorade color will be dumped on Andy Reid? Orange. Wow. Gosh. Just free money. We're just giving away free money. That's all we do. Am I just talking to you, Karen? I mean, come on now. <laughs> The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He is just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Final score, Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. And Chiefs Kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. That's right. That is right. That call just hits you right in the face, doesn't it? Hits me right in the shorts and makes me not be able to sit down for a long time if I'm wearing jeans. I don't know what that means, but I know that this is the Run It Back show on a red Friday, 5.35 a.m., 610 Sports Radio. That was Mitch Holtis's call last year. You can hear Mitch Holtis's call this year on 106.5 The Wolf. Makes you kind of want to do a howl every time you hear that. Heard that from the guys from Fesco in the morning yesterday. And uh, honestly, you know, I kind of get it. You kind of get amped up when you when you hear that... Uh, when you hear that call or that notion that Mitch Holtis is going to be getting ready to get on the radio waves. Um, Pete, what did you do last year when you saw the, the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl? Did you think, oh, man, I'm not going to go to sleep for at least another seven hours? <laughs> yeah, it was a, a rather long night that we were doing coverage. We went down to what was the postgame media yeah. availability. It was surreal. Unbelievable stretch of what was 20 minutes. I, there was just a real feeling in the stadium that the Chiefs were not going to be able to get this done when there were seven minutes left. I mean, that's that's reality. And then you had the Wasp play, and then <clears throat> you you really felt like, okay, now they're getting some life. And for those of you that were there, you can attest to this. I mean, it it felt like Arrowhead as far as the loudness in the stadium. And I would say even the feeling. And I, I'd i make a case, and I've been to a lot of games, obviously, at Arrowhead Stadium. I'd make a case that it was louder than, than I'd ever even heard at Arrowhead Stadium. You could really hear the Chiefs fans, and they were all ramped up. They knew that they needed the defense to play well and get a stop so the Chiefs could get the ball back in their hands. They did, and really the rest is history. Uh, that ball floated up to Emmanuel Sanders. It was just out of his reach, and you, you really started to get the feeling that this thing was going to happen. You know, I was in the stadium, so I heard that call a little bit later, but a great call by Mitch. They're down there right now. They're getting ready to 
make their second call in as many years. And, man, what a time to, to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's almost crazy because if you grew up in this town your whole life and you listen to Mitch Holtis and, you know, there were times where, you know, maybe if you were like my dad and myself when you watched games as a kid, uh, you didn't watch it on T. You didn't listen to the TV volume, listen to the Mitch Holtis volume. Right. I think um, people still do that today. For sure. Yeah. I mean, now, granted, the delay kind of sucks. Uh, so you kind of hear right. it before you see it. But some people are into that. Um, but that was just one of those things where maybe for you as a fan, you don't believe it until you see it. And maybe this mm-hmm. was one of those things you didn't believe it until you heard it. Um, because I'm sure there was a lot of people last year that were like, I am not listening to Joe Buck. He ruined the World <laughs> Series for us, um, which something that we had here. We we had synced our radio station up with the Royals broadcast as right. they were in the World Series. Um, but to me, that was something where like you hear that call and immediately once you hear it once, you're like, you're going to hear that call for a long time after this. But also like there's a chance, slight chance, that you could take, because I mean, I'm sure Mitch Holtis is like Andy Reid. As long as Patrick Mahomes is here, he's not going anywhere. Right. Like, there's a chance that you could get one day all of Mitch Holtis's winning calls from a Super Bowl win and put them together and see how they change. That maybe there's one, maybe there's one point where like Mitch is calling the seventh Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes win. He's like. Kansas City, there's another one. All right, we'll be back after this. Chiefs win 42-21 to 21 in the Super Bowl 72. <laughs> well, it's interesting with Mitch because he's just been here for so long. I mean, you talk about all the regime changes and head coaches and quarterbacks and the one part of, I think, the consistency that you've had since then has been his voice calling games, whether you're in a car or, like you said, you're watching at home and you end up syncing the radio with the television. And so I think when you hear that and you hear him calling the Super Bowl and he finally announces that the Chiefs are, are champions, it's like, you know, how many years in the making is that? I mean, you know, it's like 26 years in the making for him and, and I think really captured what it felt like as a fan base to finally get it done for the first time in 50 years, which is literally a lifetime. Big time. Big time lifetime. I think that uh, you're going to get another call. We'll obviously get to that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to um, what the Chiefs and Bucks score will be, but Pete, this opened your eyes yesterday. Yeah, I think the the thing I'm most proud of is that no one has become satisfied. No one's become happy with with winning one Super Bowl championship. I mean, everybody's trying to make themselves better every single day and not trying to take a day for granted. Um, and, and you don't have that in every single organization and every single locker room. And I think that just comes with the culture that uh, Brett Veach and uh, Coach Reed have kind of instilled in us, and that, that's to get better at least 1% every single day. Um, and I, that's why I think we're in this game, and we have a chance for another Super Bowl championship. Yeah, that right there was a question I asked to Patrick Mahomes this week, and he became the starting quarterback after sitting behind Pat uh, Alex Smith, I should say, in 2017, became the starter in 2018. And my question was, you know, there's been a lot of winning. There's been a lot, a lot of winning here. But with that in mind and, and ignoring that part of it, what what are you most proud of in the program that you and Andy Reid and Brett Veach and really the whole organization has been able to build in, in these three years? And that's what he, he mentioned. And one of my favorite quotes that I've ever been able to get from him because you can just see that this is not – an organization that is looking toward last year and being satisfied with that. And you've heard, I think, almost every year where the team who wins the Super Bowl thinks that they can just get it back and do it again. And 
have this consistency there and maybe talk about dynasty. Like every team that wins the Super Bowl wants to do this dynasty thing, but it's one thing to talk about it and another thing to go out and do it and instill that mentality. And when Mahomes says that and he says, you know, nobody in this building wants just the one Super Bowl, that's really hard to accomplish. I think back to some of the comments that this team was making ahead of the season back in training camp and how difficult it is to fight that complacency. And they managed to do it. They lost one game, the starters this year, one game. And I think everybody has afforded that any given Sunday. But other than that, I mean, it has just been a level of a consistency that you just haven't seen in a long time. And really, I mean, you go back to some Tony Romo comments after they won uh, the Patriots won that last Super Bowl, and they said this is never going to happen again in our lifetime. And guess what? It is. It's happening, and it's in Kansas City. The best part about this is that I've ran with this narrative that during this pandemic of a year, the Chiefs fell in love with that Last Dance documentary like a lot of us did watching it. It was the only thing on. Right, other right. than the Tiger King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you had the Tiger King, and then you had the Basketball King. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a new king. Anyways, okay. so like, the Chiefs saw this, and they didn't think of it as like, oh, well, this is a you know, Michael Jordan thing. This was really cool. The Chiefs saw this, and they were like, this team won six titles. They won three, and then they won three again. Right. Okay, this team did it with a core of guys that were super talented, and they were pretty much better than everybody in the NBA, and they knew it. The Chiefs last year, when they won the Super Bowl, immediately after the Super Bowl, it was like, not this, we're going to go, like, now granted, they were all pretty uh, pretty uh, liquid and couraged uh, during the parade, <laughs> but I mean, who wouldn't be? They had some fun. Um, the thing is, is it was almost like, we're going to enjoy two weeks, and then we're going to literally try to come back and run it back. And that started in March and April last year. And then again, here they are, playing for a second Super Bowl, and when they watched this documentary, because all these guys, you, sh- you know for sure they did. Right. When they watched that, they fell in love with this, like, core chemistry of, like, if we can do this, stay this way, and just trust in ourselves, we can do it again. This year, they had the biggest target on their back. Not only did they get better at their skill position players, Tyreek Hill got better, Travis Kelsey got better, Patrick Mahomes got better. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, When these guys say stuff, they mean it. And you can go back to the topic that we had earlier in the show about the dots. Like, that's something where they're like, okay, this guy's on point. So when we watch this game on Sunday, don't be shocked if Patrick Mahomes starts the game 10 for 10, 147 yards, two touchdowns. You'll go back to yourself and be like, Tyreek Hill did say he was on. You go back and you think to yourself if they win a second Super Bowl, what it means. You look at that comment asked by the great Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. When you hear Patrick Mahomes say, it's all about pride, and this team is full of it, and we want more, I'm trying to tell you they want three, they're going to do their damnedest to play for three, and they're playing for their second, and they did it in a season where their starters went 14-1, and and they did exactly what they said they were going to do. Mahomes has been open about that documentary and what it meant to watch it, and then you see tweets like when they decide to give – Lamar Jackson, number one with the NFL top 100. And all Mahomes does is use that emoji of that writing that note down to make sure. And you see him counting when he's on the field. And getting, right. and he's fired up. And he wants to be the best. And he, he knows that he has that potential. And that's why he puts the work in. It's that Mamba mentality, that Jordan mentality. 
And then I think back to Andy Reid, and we give Nick Saban and Bill Belichick a lot of credit, and deservedly so in the sports world, when they win a championship or accomplish something. The next day, Nick Saban is like, well, time to start recruiting for Alabama. Right. Belichick is like, well, I got to hit free agency in the draft and start replenishing because they think in the long term. Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit in that sense, and this is his first chance to start. And I think back to that parade. You were mentioning how the guys had fun and good for them, but Andy Reid got on the mic. What does he say? Nothing really about the year that was, but more so we're going to be right back here next year on this stage. Now, nobody knew about this pandemic. It might be a virtual parade celebration for the follow-up, but he knew right then and there that this was not a one-year deal. It wasn't a one-year deal, and now he has an opportunity to go get his second in a row and start working towards what is a true, real, living, breathing dynasty. Coming up after the break, we give you predictions, but Pete gets you set up because there are six Six guests on Fesco today, one of which is you've already heard his voice today on the air. This is the Run It Back show on a red Friday with Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, and 610 Sports Radio. The Run It Back playoff show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Well, Pete. Yes. It's been nice. Run a back show every morning, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. here on 610 Sports Radio. Something that's not going to change is Fesco in the morning, every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pete, let the people know what they can see or hear, I guess, on Fesco in the morning on a Friday morning. Yeah, the Run It Back playoff show is just the beginning. It's a huge day on 610 Sports Radio. Fesco in the morning begins momentarily at 6.15. Mark McMillan, 6.45. Brandon Flowers, 7.30. The voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, 8.15. John Durnbos, 845 Akbar Baja Biamilla. Nailed I, it! Did I get that right? You nailed it! I was close to messing that up. Cody and Gold continues on 1030. Michael Irvin, uh, 11 o'clock, myself, I'll join the guys. Uh, 12 will be the run it back wrap that they're preparing. 1230, Kevin Clark with the ringer, 1 p.m., Ross Tucker. And then we finish this beautiful Super Bowl Red Friday up with Carrington Harrison and the drive. So it's a huge day on 610 Sports Radio. You're going to want to be locked in, hear everyone's takes heading into this game and everybody's picks beginning with us right now. So who you got in, in this uh, Super Bowl 55, Dusty? Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I have the Chiefs, obviously, for many reasons. They are the future. They are the team to beat moving forward in the NFL. Right. There is uh, the most talented quarterback uh, on the field, which will be Patrick Mahomes. And they have the better coach. And when everybody likes to coin New England Patriots dynasty, when they go, well, here's how you start off. You look at the quarterback, you look at the head coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take your, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to look at the field and I'm going to see the chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reed and the bucks have Tom Brady and Arik Goldfinger from James Bond movie in 1962. <laughs> That's what Bruce Arians looks like. He looks like Goldfinger. Well, you talk about Andy Reid and Arians. There's no question as to who the better head coach is. And I think it starts there. Bruce and, Arians is like the drunk version of Andy Reid. Yeah. I, and you look at, like, the history of Arians' quarterbacks. I mean, they, there were some good names there. And a lot of his successes, I think, based upon those QBs. Andy Reid consistently made the playoffs his entire career with less talented quarterbacks, in my mind. 
Dusty, I want to throw it back to you. What's your final score in this game? I've said it all week. I just haven't said it on the air when people ask me. I think the final score is 38 to 20 Chiefs over the Bucks. Wow. I've told you this, Pete. I told you this last Monday. That's a blowout. I 100%. I told people, and I told you, you can, you can tell the people how honest I am. I said, I don't think this is going to be an entertaining Super Bowl yeah. from anyone outside of Kansas City. I just think the Chiefs are that much better. I think they're so determined to win three championships that this is one of those ones where we go back and we're like, oh, yeah, they did play Tampa in the second of the third dynasty reign. Yeah. It was the Tom Brady of the passing the torch. I forgot. What was the final score of that game? Oh, yeah, it was like 38 to 20. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my opinion. I tend to agree. I, I think the Chiefs are going to be in control of this game the entire time. I think they're a little ticked off about the lack of respect, and I think you saw a little bit of that in the AFC title game when you blinked and it was 38-15. to 15. I think the Chiefs get out to a 14-0 lead. The Bucks stay in it throughout the game. I don't think Tom Brady's going to let them fall as behind as you do, Dusty. My final score, Chiefs 37, Buccaneers 27. So you talk about those box squares. If you have 7-7, seven and seven, I think you're in, you're in good shape this time around. No doubt about it. MVP for this game, Dusty. I'm not taking Mahomes. Oh, my God. You know who won the MVP for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last time they were in the Super Bowl? You're the guy who wants to shoot a three instead of taking the layup, don't you? Yeah, okay. because everybody else that scores layups only right, gets two Steph points, Curry. and Who's I get it three. Be? Who's it going to be? Tyron Matthew. Okay. I think Tyron Matthew has a pick six in this Super Bowl. Well, if you're gonna, I think if destiny you, and fate are here. If, if you're going to win the MVP as a defensive player, you're going to need more than one pick. But if it's a pick six, you're going to slam dunk the MVP. In a blowout, you, one pick six is going to get it done in a blowout? Yes, All right. because in a blowout, Patrick Mahomes is going to get a ton of MVPs, especially Super Bowl MVPs. So, yes, give me Tyron Matthew, and that payout is sexy. Right. Don't waste your money. The MVP is going to be Patrick Mahomes, and I'll give you the best non-MVP for the Chiefs, and I think it's Travis Kelsey. I think they're going to come in with a plan for Tyree Kill, make sure that that doesn't happen to, the, to them. Yeah. Again. See how that works out. And Kelsey is going to go off as he does. So give me Kelsey with the, the biggest game, non-Mahomes game. And I'm going to take the smart money here and go Mahomes with the MVP. But regardless of how you feel, we both have the Chiefs winning their second straight Super Bowl. That's what the people want to hear, Pete. They want to hear our confidence in the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl back-to-back, run it back. Right. Whatever kind of back, you can put all the cigarettes all over your place. Run it back, back to back, cul-de-sac. Who gives a you-know-what? Okay, Chiefs by 30. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you Thanks. go. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, Dusty Likens of 610. Um, thanks to everyone listening these past four weeks. We'll keep you updated on when the show will return, if it returns after the Super Bowl. <laughs> we, uh, we don't even know. We have no idea. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll let you know again. You can hear myself and Pete Sweeney for a little bit on Sunday between 10 and 1 uh, and stay tuned. Also to stay tuned, you're going to want to listen to Fesco in the morning. A show's loaded. They've got Mitch Holtis on the show, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Ryan Wachowski has a little bit of something up his sleeve. Stay tuned. Fesco in the morning on 610 Sports Radio. For Pete Sweeney, I'm Dusty Likens. Thank you to everyone who listened to the Run It Back show here on 610 Sports Radio. Be easy and happy Red Friday, Chiefs by 15. (laughs) 